like every morning I know exactly how I'm going to start the morning from when I put my feet on the floor getting out of bed from the time that it's at everything because it just gives you especially I find the morning it gives you that little bit of mental headspace it allows your brain to sort of ramp up and switch on and then deal with the tasks that you've got at the day rather than if you're getting out of bed going oh crap do I even have any coffee do I even have you know this stuff that I need to eat for breakfast this morning whereas if I get out of bed I know okay I'm going straight into the shower my clothes are over there I'll go and make my coffee next you know and I have my system I don't even have to think about it Hello and welcome to episode number 23 of For Fit's Sake podcast brought to you by FS Gyms. This week, myself and Rudds are joined by Stefan Fusco. Uh, Stefan, I'm just going to pick up a few of the blurbs that we've got online for you. You can correct us or add or embellish them even more if you want. But uh, one of the recent description of you is you're one of Ireland's top personal trainers, working with some of Ireland's leading talent in sports, fashion and show business. Does that read, sound about right? Yeah, yeah I read that out. I think I wrote that myself. Oh, did you? Okay, very good. Put put a big budget behind it with Google Ads as well. Um, So, Steph, how are you getting on? Yeah, great. Delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. We've been kind of putting this off for a long time. We wanted to do this for probably about nine months now. We've wanted to get you on the podcast. Hardest man to tie down in uh, Ireland you are, man. No, I I would have said it was you. (laughs) Uh, I got there first. Yeah, you're you're doing a lot of work. So, you're talking before, kind of bragging about working six days a week. And we could only get people in on Sundays before when the gym is too busy. But now that we've got time during the day, at least we can make it happen. So, uh, great to have you on board at last thanks so much um, you've had a lot of interesting things going on over the summer from following you on social a little bit of traveling a couple of different projects you have going on yeah so I have a few little things on the go um, I did a little bit of travel I'm trying to focus a little bit more on the work-life balance when other people are away and playing and stuff like it looked like a lot of fun so I I tried it out myself a little bit. So summer's yeah. probably a good time for that as well for you with a lot of clients kind of a bit more disjointed during the summertime. Yeah, it gets a little bit haphazard. You know, it's the industry. It's the way it is. Like, But then you've got to capitalize it on it, capitalize on that as well. You've got to go and make time for yourself. And you use those opportunities to go and see different things. Like, So I went to LA. I worked with different trainers over there. You get to experience the way that they train. You get to see what's happening over there. Same over in Vancouver and stuff like that. These places are great for getting out and experiencing different fitness routines that are going on there. So I really enjoyed it. Like, when we we went over to the states a few times um, and training with different people, like what did you pick up from going over there this time? Um, like it's just a mentality shift as well. Like I find that when you go and you work with somebody else, if you haven't worked with somebody for quite a while, like they help you to get back into that space of being, as I refer to, being able to go to a dark place or you know put yourself in different situations that you may not necessarily do. A lot of the reasons people come to us, I suppose, you know, and. Um, it's just it's it's a lot of fun they they get you to experience you know a love for training again i suppose you know um they get you to reconnect with it a little bit and refresh it like it's the same as when you pick up or if you're working with a training partner they'll always pull you back in a little bit and you know bring you into the sessions a little bit more no better place to do it as well. We've, we kind of go to the States every September, October for the last four years. We've gone, a group of us go from the gym, uh, go to a conference over there and just basically do exactly what you do. We go train with different people. It's very easy. We've, we kind of talk about getting in a comfort zone where, you know, we're planning our own program and all the time. And we're obviously experimenting things that we'd like to do with our own clients. But when you're in that situation where you're just a paying client in the class, you're just somebody who's got a class pass online and they go in and they just batter you around the place. It's actually, it's good fun and it's different than what you get to do regularly. Yeah, it's the other side of the coin, you know, having to do what you're told rather than uh, <laughs> write it down the night before and run a couple of other people through it that day. Like you Exactly. Know? Uh, and you were in, did I see your Instagram as well? You did the grouse grind? Did the grouse grind, ran it puked twice okay yeah. <laughs> um yeah that was 
Probably the least fun thing I've d- done d- in a long describe time. Describe it. Describe to people what, it, what it's like for people who don't Yo, know what it is. So the grass grind is great. It's beautiful views, but it's two and a half thousand steps vertically upwards. You know, So these hikes normally have one or two little bits of the trail where you flatten out, you get a couple of seconds. No, not at all. Like, There's bits of this where you're using your hands and feet yeah. to physically climb up it. Like, It's... Yeah, it's it's, it's gross if you walk it. It's nasty if you fucking run. You, you got it under. Did you break 40 minutes? Did I see that? 37 something I hit. Just like, under 38 minutes. So the kind of, when I, I did it, this at Rudds, I remember telling you when I came yeah. back, I did it with a mate of mine, Tristan. He's six foot uh, eight. South African guy. He's huge. And the two of us, it was lashing rain. It was in June t- uh, two years ago. We took off, sprinted. I was thinking, right, I'm going to make a show of this guy now because he was telling me he'd gotten quite fit and he was saying it would suit his terrain, long legs, getting up and down. So I took off to try and hammer him, you know, sprinted. Probably the first, it's kind of a smooth little running path for the first 120 meters and then you just get to these rocks and you're just, I was literally crawling hands and knees over them and he was just one step, two steps, literally standing over the top of me to get there. But uh, I remember we passed this guy going up and he must have been, he, he was, he, he hit his 75th birthday a couple of weeks before um, and he was, he must have been doing it probably, I'd say it was, I was two thirds of the way up and I was just asking him, he kind of stopped really briefly, he was saying, how are you getting on? He had a walking stick and I was like, how did he even get this far? And he's, he does it every day. Wow. Every single day the guy goes up there and it was horrible weather. It was pissing rain, really slippy, like lethal dangerous. And if you fall up there, like, you know, it's, it's going to be, you're going to be hard to get you out of the woods. Oh, yeah. Um, but this guy does it every single day, just goes up and hikes. And then a lot of guys passed me who were, uh, they said if you run it in the same time you'd run your 10K time, that that'd be, you know, really, that's what you should be aiming for. But like these guys were clocking 35, 36 minutes. And it took me like 50, I think. But uh, I was over at a wedding in Vancouver, so I wasn't uh, <laughs> my peak condition at the time. But it's, a, it's really incredible to try different things like that when you, when you go on holidays and get, get out and see different scenery, different challenges as well. Oh, it's brilliant. Like, and like you're saying about this guy, 75, like, it just shows you what the body is actually physically capable of doing. Like, I got about halfway up and was so demoralized when I saw that halfway sign. But I didn't stop the entire way. You know, three quarters of the way up, you puked. You kept running as you were doing it. But it was fine. Like, you know, you can always put one foot in front of the other. Like, and that's definitely something that I see people experience when they come into the gym. And you guys probably see it all the time as well. They come in and they go, oh, I don't think I could do that. And you go, you're physically doing it while you're saying, I don't think I could do that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just to challenge yourself to do it and to see other people do it is phenomenal. Like, I think that phrase of one foot in front of the other is so important because like, <clears throat> the thing I, we start in our transformations this week in the gym. And that's one of the things I said in one of the emails that went out during the week was that idea of if you're climbing a mountain, just focus on putting one foot in front of the other. Because if you're looking at the top of the mountain the whole time, then you're going to get demoralized. You're going to think like it's such a long way off. You can't get there. It's such a big step. Whereas, like I said, just keep moving one foot in front of the other. Oh, absolutely. Like, and people need to bring that into all aspects of their training. Like, you know, it's really important to pick a goal and stuff like that. Like I want to lose X or I want to fit into this or whatever else. So we might touch on some of that later on. But like breaking that down into more achievable goals, not even necessarily for the weight goal, breaking it down into pounds or kilos or anything like that but breaking it down into i want to get my first pull up Mm. and make that part of the journey like it makes it more more interesting more fun which will keep you more engaged which will make you do it long term like you know these are all aspects of the way that people should be focused on training (laughs) (laughs) who's going for (laughs) us would you ever so with that so say you have a weight loss goal and like you're saying you add in some performance goals in there to help people one to be more motivated on their training but two, to help them to see, right, 
you're not necessarily at your weight goal, but look at how much stronger you're getting, look at how much fitter you're getting. Would you then break that down into like behavioral goals? So I want you to have, you know, vegetables with most meals, get seven hours sleep and stuff like that. So when people are doing it every day, they've got goals to hit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you try to get people, especially if they're just starting and they're, they're brand new beginners and on a journey or in the gym or whatever way you want to look at it, um, to, to pick up small little goals and habits that they can pick up along the way and complete. And that just makes it achievable. Like if you turn around and say, we do an assessment and I noticed that one of the things is that you're not drinking enough water because like, we're made up of a, yeah. a load of water. Let's leave it at that. Um, you know, we'll pick how much you drink, two glasses of water a day. Let's bring that to four. Every time you now go to make a cup of coffee, fill the cup with water before you make your coffee, drink that down. Yeah. Look, we've upped your water again. Like all these small little things, all these small little habits, if you bring them into your daily life, they'll bring you so much further on. You talk a lot about that from following on social. I know from when we met at the Fresh Resolutions in January, uh, like you're a big fan of your rituals and routines, your, your daily rituals. Yeah, absolutely. Like every morning, I know exactly how I'm going to start the morning from when I put my feet on the floor, getting out of bed, from the time that it's at, everything. Cause it just gives you, especially I find the morning, it gives you that little bit of mental headspace. It allows your brain to sort of ramp up and switch on and then deal with the tasks that you've got at the day rather than if you're getting out of bed going, oh crap do I even have any coffee do I even have you know this stuff that I need to eat for breakfast this morning whereas if I get out of bed I know okay I'm going straight into the shower my clothes are over there I go and make my coffee next you know and I have my system I don't even have to think about it once I'm halfway through that I can start thinking about okay I'm in work later on and this is who I'm seeing first at six o'clock in the morning and I'm not stressed about the things that I have to get done in the Mm -hmm. next 10 minutes is preparation a huge part of that then if, if you preparation's key like whether it's achieving a fitness goal or achieving a body composition goal or just running through part of your daily life i feel like you're um, if you're always on the back foot trying to catch yourself you're never really going to ramp into what you actually want to do you're always going to be chasing something else on the side yeah so in again in the mornings if you're in your routine and everything's prepared if your clothes are laid out You've got a little bit extra time to just breathe, relax, do something else. If something else really pops up, if you've prepped all your food, you don't have to worry about, oh, work is running over and I'm only actually getting 20 minutes for lunch instead of the hour I thought I was going to have. So I'm not able to go to the place down the road where I get my lovely healthy salad. It's there. It's ready. Oh, work's run over. I only have 20 minutes. I can eat it. I'm still on top of things. It's one of those things that when you are prepared and you have a good understanding of what your routine is, any distractions, because there's distractions. We've done podcasts literally on just technology and how it can be a distraction for you. In the workplace every day, you're distracted all the time. If you aren't prepared, distractions can become roadblocks instead of just small speed bumps that you can get past. Um, I think we've been talking about that a lot recently, Rhodes, when you get distracted in the workplace, that if if your day is planned out and you just stick to your routine and you, you know what your day is going to look like and you have that clear headspace, you can easily compartmentalize that stuff the the distractions that come up put them on the back burner and plow on with your day whereas when you're not as organized they can really upset you and put your whole day off definitely and as well i think you're constantly being reactive as opposed to proactive so you always feel like at a best you're staying still you never feel like you're moving forward at all whereas like saying if you have your routines if you have the things that you've designed that these are my main things to focus on for the day then even if distractions do come your way at least you've go i gotta get these three things done today and if i do i feel like i'm winning yeah i'm on top of things i'm I'm ahead of where i'm supposed to be as opposed to 
God, I didn't even get to go to the gym because I didn't get up on time because the baby was at me. You know, like, there's so many things that can get in the way. And that's often life. And sometimes things do get in the way. Yep. And another thing there is just not to be on top of yourself and killing yourself if something small does happen. It's pick yourself up and continue on later on that day or the next day. Like, you know, somebody said to me yesterday, oh, sure, look, um, the new diet, the new uh, nutrition and stuff starts on Monday. Like, Sunday morning like you've got all Sunday to go out and get active or to make a nice dinner and lunch and stuff to get on top of this stuff now like you know you don't want to kill the time that you've got like we've only got a finite amount of it like so use it well and that's another you talk about keeping things simple I know like Rudd's a huge fan of this with, with all the programming that we do at the gym here we like to keep things very simple um, but it's exactly that when things are simple there's less variables things can go wrong less frequently and you can actually stick to your plan you, you kind of talk about that a lot and it's the thing you do with your clients keep things very simple yeah you keep things very simple like with nutrition with your exercise routines and stuff like that because it means that people can grip onto it people can understand it they like you try not to overcomplicate these things like we can throw around loads of words and talk to people about why they need to be on top of their nutrition and take in proper protein requirements so that they don't suffer from gluconeogenesis breaking down their muscle but what you actually just turn around and say is if you take in a certain range of protein you'll help support the muscle that you're building isn't that much simpler now you understand it now you're going to do it like you know, if you don't understand it you'll push it to one side and you won't even go anywhere near it again like you know you'll forget completely about it i think i think sometimes as well like com- making things complex can be almost an excuse for procrastination so where you said someone's like i'm going to start my diet on monday but it's sunday if you make it super simple you don't have an excuse not to start because for me anyway procrastination is one of my worst habits and something i'm trying to totally eliminate the phrase that um i kind of got in my head is uh, action is the enemy of anxiety so like any worries i might be having is probably because i'm not taking action on something and getting started on it so i often see with people with training or nutrition that they'll make it so complicated that it gives them an excuse not to start because they've got to wait for the perfect time to do it. Whereas if you take away that and go, no, I'm going to make it super simple and I have no excuse not to start now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, um, like people sit there and they go, I, I need the perfect diet plan. Do you really? Like, let's look at what you're eating today. Like, you know, are we having a pizza for dinner? Could we have just had a protein source and some vegetables and a healthy carb? Like, you know, could we just divide up our plate into smaller portions you know, could we do things like eat until we're 80% full rather than just stuff in our faces until everything that's on the plate is completely gone? Do I need all that food? You know, people are sitting there going, what, what sort of macros do you have? Well, that doesn't matter to you. And to be honest, I haven't counted my macros in the last two months. Like do it once every so often to remind myself of portion size. And then I go back to eating and listening to my body and being in tune with my body. And if I'm a little bit more active, I might have some more carbs if I need them. If I don't, I don't like if I feel a little bit lethargic great because I have that experience I can listen to that like now somebody who's being very specific may need to get a little bit more dialed in and that's very fair I don't think there's anything against that I don't think that everybody needs to completely stick to that either like it depends on what's going to work for the individual we spent a lot of time talking about this um, myself and Rudd we bumped into you today we were doing the the 10,000 calorie challenge you were dogging me it's like I actually referenced somebody <laughs> in the industry slagged me off said that my, my porridge wasn't as many calories as it was you were that person but um, honoured yeah <laughs> you shouldn't be um, so like you know it's it's kind of one of those things that we talk about where um, 
like tracking your calories from time to time and like knowing what you're eating is a great it's great exactly as that it's a reminder and you can understand your body even using things like the fitbits we've been i've been using them a lot recently to help track my sleep quality and uh you know just remind me of when i should move but by keeping things simple with me and just stripping our training back after with the calorie challenge at the last podcast we talked about keeping things simple my fitbit went off yesterday and it said um you've moved zero of 250 steps in the last you know it gives you a reminder of how yeah, many yeah, steps yeah. i've left to do so like my training has been very kind of mixed over the summer. We've had weddings. We've had a lot going on between all of us at the gym. Uh, that little reminder came in. And because my training has no strict, perfect plan at the minute, I just got up. I started to walk around the apartment. I saw my runners there. I goes, okay, I'll just throw my runners on and I'll just go out and run for 15 minutes instead. But because I'm not waiting for the perfect time or wait until the gym's open in the morning or whatever it might be, it's much easier for me to go and make better decisions. So I kind of feel a little bit liberated that my training is a little bit, I'll use the word haphazard as in I'm still training four or five times a week, but I'm not stuck to anything really, really strict. And if I miss anything, it's fine. I'll replace the weight session with a run later, or I'll just go up to one of the studios that's quiet and do 20 minutes of push-ups and chin-ups. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I'm still getting my activity. And I, I think it's actually quite liberating when you lose the complications of what should be a perfect plan and just do what makes you feel good. Yeah, and I think your point where you said about you might need to dial it in dependent on a goal. So I think if the goal is definitely to, you know, just feel better, to train, enjoy training, I think definitely not having such a strict regime and being more flexible to the things that life is going to throw at you will definitely be something that'll help liberate you. But I think if you're doing something that's a really specific goal, like you said, you might need to dial in. So say, for instance, myself training for a marathon and trying to do the Olympic lifting, I have to be really diligent and disciplined with doing those sessions. Because if I don't do those sessions, then I won't get stronger in the Olympic lifting and I won't be able to do the marathon. So I think as well, for all the people out there, like Steph said, where it's not a one-size-fits-all, it's looking at it and trying to go, what am I trying to achieve? And then how do I make this work for me? Instead of going, well, Steph's doing that, so I'm going to follow Steph. Or Roy's doing that, I'm just going to do what Roy does. Really looking at, where am I trying to get to? What do I need to do to get there? Yeah, and what can I do as well? Like, you know, it's got to fit in with your life. Like, you know, where you want to be and what you think you need to get done needs to fit in the middle there as well. Like, um, if you are doing 50 sessions a week and stuff, you're not going to be pounding out 10 sessions of your own. Like, you know, um, so I think that's really important when I work with clients and stuff like that as well. Is what I always assess with them at first is, you know, what do you want? Okay, and why did you decide you want that? Like, you know, somebody might say, I want to lose 10 kilos. I want to lose 8 kilos, you know. And then you actually find out that it's not the weight that they wanted. They wanted to fit into a certain dress. So if they were the same size or the same weight, but just fit into the dress, they'd actually be happy enough. Like, so what you're talking is different body composition. So that's a whole other different thing that they didn't even know they wanted. Like, yeah. Um, And then when you're talking to them about that, you have to ask them about their lifestyle and stuff like that. You know, what can you actually do? Like, it'd be great. Like, turn around. We all love training every day and, you know, make time in our schedules to either do something every day, go out and run for 15 minutes. You know, all I did yesterday was 15 minutes of mobility work. Like, you know, but I made time for that. Like, today I got a nice training session in. Tomorrow I know I'm going to get a nice training session in. We make time for that. But not everybody can do that. And that's important to remember as well. So what can fit in with their lives? One thing I'd love to ask you about, which you said there, um, was that idea. So, you know, when you're training female clients, I'd see it a lot where someone goes, I want to be this weight. But then when you actually dig down to it, it's not the weight, it's 
a dress size or you know going on holidays and there's a certain look they're looking for and that's that's quite often it it's usually an emotional driver more than anything else like with both genders i think that's probably something as well that um like we'd see a lot in the gym it, it's just when you're frank with the person and they tell you what why they want what they want but there's always it's the emotions that are attached to that stage if say their life if you look back and say like we get a lot of guys who've retired from say rugby or retired from ga they come into the gym they're kind of early to mid 30s they're not involved in a team setting anymore they want to be a certain weight because it's what they were when they played rugby and that time in their life has positive emotional attachments they were involved in a group there was camaraderie they were performing they were playing at a certain level that they were happy with and there's positive emotional efficacy there with that so it kind of comes down to when you figure out if, if it's in the lady's sake, sake, for example, I think when, if you dig into their performance goals, so like we'd have girls in gym at the minute say, uh, they were able to get six chin-ups this time last year and they want to get back to that. And you say, well, why do you want to get back to that? Or why do you want to get to the weight you were when you're at this? Well, when I was 52 kilos, I could do six chin-ups. It's not because they want to be 52 kilos. It's because they want to be able to perform the way they performed when and they were that weight. And it felt good to be able to do that at the time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. In terms of the training for females compared to males, would you see there's a, a difference there in terms of how you train females compared to males? Like men enjoy heavy strength training more often than not. I find like they like the feeling of getting stronger. They like seeing the weights go up. Um, anytime you put new weights onto the bar, women are terrified and they've already asked you 10 times, but they just want to make sure that that specific weight isn't going to make them bulky. Like, you know, they're terrified of this. Um, and I, I like, strength training is so important for what you do like if you want to build muscle tone and look lean and look athletic you've got to be able to lift weights like you've got to be able to lift decent weight that's what builds the muscle tone um what i find with them is it's building a confidence into them like you know and building a trust and a rapport like mm. when eventually once they trust you they see what you've done before and what you're doing with them and they see the process and they can feel it they're much happier to go along with it like you know um as most people are i suppose like you know there's a huge element in trust in what we do like um and it's up to you to try and instill that in people we've seen that when we break down barriers getting the females into strength training and then they can kind of start to enjoy it so how many of the ladies have we seen in the gym start strength training in the classes yeah i think like at the very start trying to get women in strength training was very difficult at the start i think like if you looked at our snc classes they were 80 90 percent male um and it was there was definitely fear associated with it and it's like you actually mentioned it's, it doesn't have to be a guy versus girl thing guys are intim- intimidated by it at starting second at trust they need to see okay this can definitely benefit me but certainly with the ladies if you look at our snc numbers now throughout all of our programs it's 50 50 if not more uh tips towards females doing strength training they see the benefits of it they see how that kind of perception of bulkiness is definitely over the last couple of years drifting away ladies are starting to understand through kind of b- better information being a available online um, and a certain there's a certain popular physique that's presenting itself at the minute and that is quite lean uh, ladies with plenty of muscle tone and like that's something that ladies want now so they understand that lifting weights is very important to it if you walk into any of our snc's any evening of the week or early morning it's definitely going to be 50 50 guys and girls lifting weights and it's because they enjoy it when they see the benefits of it and it becomes a fun thing for them to do one of the things I've seen in terms of comparing males to females, I think once you get a female into strength training, they really enjoy it. But also, They're so competitive, like it's <laughs> phenomenal how competitive they are. But also for me, I often find a lot of females are easier to coach than a lot of the males. The reason being is from what you said about the male thing of just wanting to put more weight in the bar, including myself. 
most of us fall into that category whereas a lot of the females want to know how to do the form correctly and will be a bit more patient and will wait an extra week or two to make sure they've nailed the form whereas i found a lot of the males including myself would be more inclined to rush to get to that weight as it, opposed to it the, sounds yeah, like there's a deep life lesson in there yeah. you know you're kind of this is the only time you're ever admitting that females are more patient and you know yeah. more susceptible to absorbing information this is a revelation for your to be this is yeah um, no, but I've definitely found that in my own coaching practice. So when you can get someone, a female, into strength training, that they're often easier to coach than a lot of the males because they're more patient with their form and they really are sticklers for doing it right. And then from there, you can make sure that they're not developing imbalances or they're not hitting plateaus because they've got a problem in their form that's just the weak link. Say, for instance, deadlifting, where they're using their lower back too much, whereas a lot of the men would definitely fall into that category. Oh yeah, like absolutely. The guys just kind of want to see numbers go up and reef that bar up off the floor. Like, whereas women are more patient, they're willing to take their time. They want to do it right because I think they almost know that it. They won't have to take a step back then, and they can keep moving forwards. They're a lot more looking into the future, whereas the guys tend to be a little bit short sighted. Yeah. Like, you know, like if art if your technique ain't great, you're going to have to go back for a couple of weeks, drop the weight, and rework on it all again. The women are happy enough to go. Okay, I'll work on it now, so I don't have to go backwards later. In terms of one other thing that I was looking to ask you about was that idea of functional training. So that's kind of one thing that I've heard a lot in the, the industry since I started is some coaches would be like, you know, functional training, what is it? What's your kind of take on that term? You know, functional is movement. It's movement for every day. Like it's fit for life sort of stuff. Like, you know, it's to be able to go through your life without any pains. You know, again, I'll, I'll go back and I'll use the, the parent analogy. Like if you've got your kid in Croke Park and you're watching a match and that's great. And you need to go up a couple of rows of seats that you can pick the child up and pick your foot up over the, over the, over the seat behind you and get up to the next level without pulling the hamstring. Like, you know, so like, it's it's working towards aspects like that within the gym you know is there a specific movement that i would nail down as functional no it's more being able to move correctly and well and be mobile like you know so more mobility training like nobody ever is going to turn around at 70 years old and complain that they did way too much mobility like you know? yeah um so more mobility training more being able to move for life not overly loading yourself up where you're going to be restricting movements but being able to have nice free-flowing movement patterns is really important for that the other thing about that is if if training is a big part of your life like if lifting weights is something that you enjoy or going to the gym is something you enjoy doing like a small amount of functional training so the way i see it is it's a term that's thrown around kind of all the time like if anyone's doing anything it's it's seen as functional but if you're doing small things say for example a push-up if that's going to help you bench press better that's a functional exercise for you to do because it's going to help you do something better that you're going to get enjoyment from. So it's kind of quite specific to what you find is functional for your, like you said, everyday life. Like me working on specific rotation for golf, that's not necessarily a functional everyday thing, but it's something that's going to help my life be better. So it serves a function. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'd be very inclined to agree with you there. Like, yo, my hamstrings and stuff would be very tight from years of martial arts like so functional training for me is making sure they're loose making sure i have a nice range of motion with my hips um, and that they're not tightening up like so working on that would be functional training for me like so it's really specific to the individual again and i suppose that's why we're all focused on personal training in terms of for myself i see a lot of people when i talk about an exercise being functional people maybe think that you can't build muscle mass or you can't improve performance but I've seen some of the most functional things is doing squats, doing hinges, doing carries. 
And then I've seen people, and including myself, build a load of muscle from doing those functional exercises really well, as long as they're in the hypertrophy rep range. So um, I think that's one thing people have to understand as well. Just because an exercise is functional doesn't mean it can't help you to improve your body composition <laughs> Absolutely, or your performance. Yeah. Or it's incredibly boring, which is sort of the perception <laughs> that a lot of people have about it. It's, I don't need to do that. That's just boring stuff. But the boring stuff lets you do the exciting stuff. Yeah, that's so, it. So like you said, if your hamstrings are really tight, then you probably can't do some exciting stuff in the gym. Whereas if you improve that range of motion, it's now safe for you to do your heavy back squats. It's now safe for you to do plyometric work yeah, that absolutely. maybe before you couldn't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you're um, like house is built on a good foundation guys like you know so like if you don't have those in there if you can't do certain things you're not going to be able to advance on you know you need to have the basics in there and have the basics right before you can go and do the funky fun stuff like and even for the people who are doing more advanced stuff having basics in the routine so remember when we had danny lennon on he talked about with his powerlifting he he does powerlifting and uh, we were asking about his training and he said when he's training for a competition, he gets highly specific and everything he does in the gym is geared towards improving his bench dead lift and his squat. But then away from competition, he does more carries, more unilateral work to help him to improve his imbalances and help him to be able to, you know, come back stronger when he does that specific work. I found when I was doing a lot of just Olympic lifting, I started to pick up some niggles in my knee and I started to pick up some niggles in my shoulder. The reason being, I was just doing the same thing all the time. Yeah. Whereas adding in some more carries, adding back in some more lunges, some more isolated hamstring work, I've actually found that my knee has gotten a lot better again from just making sure I'm doing some of that stuff to correct imbalances and stop me becoming dominant. Yeah, it's massively important. Like you, you know, I, I, I've I've seen and I've heard like you know great things that come out of this place with you guys. Like, and I know that you guys believe in it just as much as I do. That it's up to client will come in and they'll tell you what they want you know and they'll tell you all that sort of stuff and it's up for us to design the path that's going to get them towards their goal as quick as possible now some of the things that may be underlying in that path and that journey they don't necessarily know that we're even going to program in for them because we've done an assessment and we've seen a hip shift or a hip tilt that they don't realize is an issue but we know that going down the line that's going to cause problems for squats or whatever it is that we're going to program in to get them towards their goal. So we're actually going to go in and get bits and pieces to help fix that. And they just think they're working out and doing part of the program. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Slightly subliminal. Um, so, guys, I think there's some incredible, simple things people are take away from that. Um, we're going to get into the most exciting part of the show, which is going to be, since you work with some of Ireland's uh, top kind of fashion showbiz and sports stars, some recently retired sports stars, we're going to have a sports and showbiz quiz between Rudds and Steph. Oh, okay. quiz. Yeah, quiz. So what we've got is we're going to have three questions each, winner takes all, if it's a draw at the end, quick fire round. The forfeit, gents, Steph, I'm going to leave, is there anything that you've done because you've been out and about recently trying different things? Is there any kind of sick training sessions you've come across that might be a good challenge for Rudds if he loses to do as a forfeit? Oh, you should ship him off to Grass Mountain and have him run Grass Mountain. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he'd yeah. love that. Like. He would love that. Something else he would. Um, I'm sure we can devise something nice. Yeah, we can We like. can bash that out on Instagram. So yeah. whoever wins gets to pick what the loser gets to do, which would be very exciting. So uh, we're going to start with the guest. Uh, Steph, the, who won this year's All-Ireland Hurling Championship? Jeez, I'm in trouble, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this will not be happy. 
you just lost a yeah. lot of Instagram followers. Yeah, yeah, they're gone. Fair price you for time. I can throw it over to Rhodes for the steal. Limerick. Oh, Rhodes. Okay. Steal for point for Rhodes. Rhodes, your first question. What is the... We'll go showbiz here. What is the number one grossing movie of 2018? Box office hits now. Bums in seats. Cash money. Come on, Rhodes. Star Wars. Is that even out? Pass it over to Steph for the steal. Rampage. Oh, Jumanji. Ah. Yeah, close to Rock. Still the main, a Rock movie. The main on Rhodes. I definitely thought you would have got a Rock movie there. I haven't been to cinema in ages. Uh, okay, Steph, back to you. Um, show a biz. Uh, what have I got here? Uh, who won the Oscar at this year's Oscars for... Uh, any of them. Just any no, of them. No, no, let me... I've never got the Academy Awards. Is that the correct one? Anyway, the Oscars for uh, Best Male Actor. Um... Who's in any decent? <laughs> um, George Clooney. Or, come on, is he Gary in? Oldman in the Darkest Hour? Rhodes. I was going to pass to you, but that's absolutely that's, that's pointless. No. Rhodes wouldn't even got it. No. Okay, uh, Rhodes. Uh, back to showbiz. Uh, in what uh, Netflix? Uh, t- do you call it a TV on Netflix show? Uh, what is the name of the show that the lead actress? Her name in it is Carrie Matheson. Homeland. Oh, Rod, straight in. Showbiz, baby. Okay. Uh, that's Steph. That's it. You lose. You cannot come back. So, Rhodes, will you whip up something saucy enough for Steph to take on? You might even know it, Rhodes. He'll decide to be a good smart and do it with you, Steph. Surely, no Should doubt. We, so, for everybody? we could, we could. Steph, just want to thank you again for your time. Thanks, uh, well, what's the best place for anybody to find you if they're interested in catching up online? I'm either on Instagram, Stefan Fusco PT, or just hit up my website, Stefan.ie. Fantastic and awesome gym in Rathmines, quite close to where we bump into each other for coffee regularly. So if anyone wants to check Steph out, we'll put all the links up in the show notes. Thanks for popping in, Steph. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Well,